0: Thanks for listening, come back often, and feel free to add this podcast to your favorite podcast app or to iTunes. Now let's get to this week's lesson. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Let's <coughs> we'll start this morning with uh, our scripture memory passage review, and this week had uh, four verses,
1: that so, i put on Facebook if you do any one of them, then that's, we'll, we'll call that as counting. so Ephesians 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and or 6, yes, <laughs> that's what I put on Facebook, right? And he goes first. And he goes first? <laughs> no, this is true. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Earmuffs, earmuffs, kind of, yeah.
0: It's like the one thing in the world. No one interrupting today. There's a there's a lot of clauses today,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. This
0: is a soft. no doubt. Paul wrote this. If you ever you can pick a passage of the scripture at random and just count the number of commas per word, and if it it's over um, one comma per five words, that's all. You ready? Wow. Yes. Yeah. us find, with every spiritual blessing that the place. Not odd, but. Even so, each of us before the value,
1: each of us, for the world to be holy to be adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. 40 yes. Three.
0: Then you go into John's private club. Praise is worse, praise is You got three. Anybody else? You're going to go for one, Miss Carl? Excellent. That's a lot of no, you're not. That's a good one. He chose us in
1: him, to be adopted as his Yes.
0: Right. You, you got
1: 4a and 5b <laughs> <same>.
0: <laughs> 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 sort of sort of right. I'll you let
1: all right, so we're going to start this morning in Romans 8, uh,
0: kind of laid a foundation for the structure, if you will, of kind of how we're going to approach the next few weeks. So, Romans 8, we've got a handout, the highlighted verses, the verses that we're going to look at this morning in the class, so when we finish with one, we can just move right on to the next. So Romans 8, 28, 29, and 30.
1: That's yeah. yeah. it. And we know that God calls all things to one end for good. Those who love God, those who are called.
0: with an order implies there's an order. Are you with me so far? We're going to start off easy. We're going to put our toes in the water this morning. So the scripture says there's an order. We're going to say that there's an order. And if you look in your hand out there, uh, I found something amazing as a resource this week. So John Piper and John Piper. i got on right now. The guy who wrote the book that we are working through in systematic theology, he's taught all these lessons in his Sunday school class in Arizona. And his outlines for like his Sunday school class are online. And I found them. So maybe borrowing a few things from that. So, this is how he teaches it. So I found this list, and this is his view of kind of where we were. He started with number one, with election. That's what we looked at last week. But the week before that was common grace. And the common grace you define is the thing that you look around that doesn't look like the burning fires of hell. And so if there's, if it doesn't look like the burning fires of hell, then there's common grace that is extended toward man so that we can survive long enough to hear and know and be called um, in order to have completion in, in salvation. So that's kind of the. I put it as zero because you've got to have that, that your uh, And then the election was last week. This week is calling. Now, I want to talk for just a second about what we're not talking about today. Because in the New Testament, believers
1: are called to do a whole lot of stuff. We are called
0: to behave a certain way. We are called uh, to be one body. We are called to not behave a certain way. But that's not what we're talking about in Sunday school today. So if you were to, to Google calling in the New Testament, there's a gob's and gods of verses that we're not going to look at because they don't have specifically directly anything to do with actually salvation. We're going to put those in another category. We're going to talk about those in a couple of weeks when we get toward some of these other topics. So, there's election. This is uh, God choosing. There's calling. It's God drawing. Uh, regeneration. This is God uh, creating a new creature. Conversion. This is our response to uh, the regeneration. Justification is the legal act of declaring us righteous adoption is we are now part of the family sanctification is we are becoming like Jesus Christ perseverance is we will continue to become like Jesus Christ until number nine we die and then ten are in his presence and are glorified against him so that's the, the whole salvific process kind of in a nutshell there so what we're not going to talk about today is all the stuff that applies towards the believer after the believer is saved so alright so look up at the title of the lesson see, at the very top. It so, says, this theology, part five. So this is the fifth major doctrine, after this redemption, Chapter 33, what comes next? The Gospel Call
1: and Effective Calling. And Grudem starts with the effective
0: calling, and then he talks about the gospel call, which is kind of accurate, because it doesn't happen in that order. But I'm going to teach it that way, because I think he's, I think he's getting somewhere with it. So... So let's look at uh, the first definition there with effective calling. Effective calling is an act of God the Father. So when Josh read Romans 8, 29, and 30, the, the person doing the working there, he was sending the Son, would be conformed to the image of
1: his Son. So if we're talking about his Son. We're talking about God the Father. So this is an act of God the
0: Father speaking through the human proclamation of the gospel in which he summons people to himself in such a way that they respond, if you blink? They respond in saving faith. Now it is entirely possible that you might not have thought that there was a difference between the technical term effective calling and the term gospel calling. A lot of people teach this kind of all as one, that everything kind of happens at once, and it's really not how it works because there's some distinction. And if you lump it all together, you can struggle trying to reconcile specific passages because it, it feels too vague and too broad. So we'll walk through a little bit of this this morning. So let's go to Second Thessalonians 2, 13, and 14. 2 Thessalonians two thirteen and 14. All right, so what's Second Thessalonians 2, 13, and 14? Can you go? Awesome. So, we are bound to give thanks to God, all of you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God, in the beginning, filled you with salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth, to which He called you by our gospel, for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely. So, God called them by the What does it say? He called them by the gospel. Right. So so there is a calling that God does, and he does this calling through the gospel. So there's a there's two sides to this one unified thing that we kind of look at sometimes. Does this make sense? All right. So I'm going to say a couple of things. Dave Barber, please stand up. Thank you. How did you know to stand up? I called you by my name. I called you by your name. Right. And you heard my voice. So to put this in this perspective... The mechanism by which you heard was my voice, okay? However, inside me, before I said the words, I decided to say
1: the words to you, right? Okay. So let's think about this in a theological framework. God decided to call Dave Barber, and the mechanism he decided to use to do that is the gospel, <laughs> Does this make sense? So we, we utilize this framework for God and God's and God stuff all the time. It makes common sense. But we don't think about, oh, okay, there's really kind of two
0: pieces of it. There's the actual transmittal of the words through the air so that you can hear and that facilitates your understanding that you're supposed to stand up. That's the gospel. The fact that God did it is the call. Does that work? All right, so we're going to talk about both. The, maybe that's a trend, aren't you? Michigan last night. I misinterpreted, I misinterpreted Facebook. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Wasn't expecting
1: to see you. Okay, thank you, David. And then Romans 10 14. will actually end with Romans 10 14 as well. <coughs> That's wrong, How can they call on the one they have not believed, for? and how
0: can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? Right.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: How can you hear without someone preaching? Yeah, how can you hear without someone preaching? So, so how can Dave to to sit up without someone telling you to stand up? It's going to be a lot harder, right? So the preaching of the gospel, the conveying of that message is important to the salvation process, right? So let's look at 1 Corinthians nine. So how powerful is this call? That's a good question,
1: though are powerful as this call. 1 Corinthians 1-9. God is faithful, by you were called into,
0: into the fellowship of who? Jesus Christ. So if we're called into Jesus Christ,
1: where are we be coming out of? Not Jesus Christ, right? And if you, if
0: you read very far from the Bible at all, you know that there are only two sides. God's and everything else. Only two sides, God's and everything else. So
1: Satan believes he rules everything else, right? All the
0: the antagonistic against God is
1: under his domain. So if we are called into Jesus Christ, we are coming out of
0: Satan. Satan's hand. Yeah, absolutely. So Satan is no longer the father. God is the father, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's wonderful news. So this call has the power to bring us out of darkness into light. Beautiful thing. Now, the question I have for you is, is sharing the gospel 100% effective every time to every hearer? Is sharing the gospel 100% effective every time to every hearer? So every time you share the gospel, every person that hears it gets saved. No, that doesn't happen, right? Why? You're, you're about to understand yourself. Yes. Yes. But, every time the gospel is preached, a
1: decision is made.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me rephrase the question. Does someone, does every person that hears the gospel, every time they hear the gospel, get saved? Yeah. No. no. Is that a better question? That's better. Okay, that's a better question. Excellent. Thank you. See, this is a, this what happens when I ask questions as opposed to taking questions out of the book. Because he's talking got So,
1: okay.
0: uh, so so the question is, why? Yeah. So there's, remember we talked last week about there's election, you were chosen, and there's deciding to choose God. And in some way, he makes both sides of this work. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So there's a choice involved in this for human beings, which is good. So let's keep going. John 6, 44. get the power to make that choice where do I get the power to make that choice yeah God absolutely I can't make the choice on my own which is really humbling really humbling because we sometimes present the gospel and we say please choose him absolutely I want you to choose God but you can't until he draws and he enables you to choose so John 6.44, what
1: does it say? Right, so we have to be drawn. Darryl, this is one of Daryl's favorite verses. If you're not drawn, you're not going to be saved at that point. That's just not how this is, it's not the way this works. Which takes a lot of pressure
0: off of the person communicating. Okay. Because otherwise, if we were only ever told by God, it's up to you, it's up to you, it's up to you, it's up to you. Oh my goodness, can you imagine walking around? Consumed with the thought that every person you meet entire <coughs> eternal destiny depends on your exact delivery of the gospel. That's overwhelming. Now, does that stop us from spreading the gospel? No, not at all. That should compel us to spread the gospel. Because I hope every single person I ever interact with is actually called and is going to be a child of God. And I want to, be, I want to play a part of this. I want to be a part of that. And if I sit on my hands and I don't get to be a part of that. Does this make sense? we good? Yeah? We have to have a new jumping in a minute, guys. Right? Okay? Let's keep going. So let's look at an example of this. Acts 16. Acts 16. Let's look at verse 14. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia, from the city of thy power. A seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened your heart and teaches you why you're saved The Lord what? Open your heart. The Lord opened your heart.
1: This is what drawing looks like. You can actually be a worshiper of God
0: and not a child of his. Right? You can. And this is this is really scary. I think it's one of the reasons that the New Testament calls us to examine ourselves and examine ourselves and examine ourselves. And say, Are you in the faith? 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 Because we can be worshippers and not be children's kids. But God opens our heart. And that changes things. That enables the gospel to be heard in a way that it can be received and believed. Without that drawing, without that opening, without that calling, it doesn't work. So I'm going to show you something. I'm going to turn the microphone off. With
1: the microphone off. How much of my
0: voice is being recorded on my laptop? It's just as if I'm not even speaking. If God's not drawing... God's not calling. It's just like nothing's being heard. Does that make sense? And everybody listening on the podcast is going to have no idea what this has to So you got to be in Sunday's. All right. So B, the elements of the gospel call. So what, we keep talking about the gospel. So what does our part look like? Well, Gruden talks about three different pieces that have to be present uh, in order for a gospel call to be completed. So the first is explanation of the facts concerning salvation. So there are, there are some facts that everybody needs to know. And if you leave these facts out, you have not shared the gospel. So fact number one, all people have sinned. Right? You may recognize this. You may heard this. Uh, number two, the penalty for our sin is death. Right? And then number three, Jesus Christ died to pay the penalty for our sins. So, so there is a problem. The problem results in my death let me replace this, I have a problem my problem results in my death, and Jesus is the answer to my problem those are the facts that we're talking about, okay so I'm going to read you a quote from Bruno here where he talks about this Mm -hmm. is not just head knowledge by understanding those facts and even agreeing that they are true is not enough for a person to be saved. There must also be an invitation for a personal response on the part of the individual who will repent of his or her sins and trust personally in Christ. So number two, invitation to respond to Christ personally in repentance and faith. Because I guarantee you, you know people who do not believe the gospel personally, who know the facts associated with it. They have heard the facts. That all men are sinners. They have heard the fact that the penalty for our sin is death. And they have heard the fact that Jesus paid that penalty. But they reject that. So they know the facts, but there's a rejection. So part of the gospel presentation is not just here's the facts. It's not Sergeant Friday only. It's here's the facts, and here's an invitation. I want you to do something with this. And here's what they want you to do. Look at Matthew 11, 28, 29, and 30. I'm going to ask you a real simple question. Is Jesus alive or is Jesus dead? <coughs> wow, that's really quick. Is Jesus alive or is Jesus dead? <laughs> He's alive. Yeah, this makes all the difference. This makes all the difference. You got Matthew 11, 28, 29, 32? Yep. All right. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Who's speaking here? Jesus. Yes. Can you turn again? Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So the word yoke means his teaching. So can you read that whole thing again and replace the word yoke with teaching? Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my teaching upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My teaching is easy and my burden is light. Sandhya.
1: Yeah. right So let me
0: ask you a question: Who does Jesus invite? The weak and heavy laden, right? Would that include all of humanity? Yeah. I think we could you say that humanity is weak in comparison to God? I, I, I'm going to say that's a pretty solid yes, right? That's pretty straightforward. So if you are weak and heavy laden, means I'm carrying around stuff that I need help with. Right? So if I'm trying to carry around righteousness on my own, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And Jesus says, Come to me. That is an invitation. That
1: is an invitation. It's so, a grant. Can you come to me for just a second? <clears throat> now, what type of sentence did I
0: say to your Brandon? Those of you that are English people. Questions? Mm-hmm. Questions? Great. And you have a choice, right? Mm-hmm. You do. Josh, come to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> A <laughs> little a the step there, didn't you? <laughs> what kind of sentence was that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a fairer sentence. There's a difference, right? Yeah. Okay. Theologically, there's a difference, too. Because some people believe that man does not have a choice. Some people believe that man does have a choice. I believe the Bible teaches really clearly that man has a choice. We looked at several verses in that space last week. So, which one does Jesus do? There. An interesting question, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, try and see. That was an imperative thing. John 1, 11 and 12. <laughs> yeah. awesome. Go ahead. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them, He gave the right to the children of God. To those who believed in his name. those who believed in his name. There was some aspect of some people that physically saw Jesus and they received him. And there were people who physically saw Jesus and they did not receive him. If that doesn't imply a choice, I I don't know what does. Now how many people does God want to save? All, right? save everybody. Anyone? Whosoever will. will all be saved. No. One of heartbreaking treats in the whole universe. Revelation twenty-two 17. We've got time. Anybody know what the last chapter of the Bible is? Revelation 22. Revelation 22. The index is going too far. That's the great thing about the electronic Bible, that right? you just, that's it. You just keep on reading. That's that. Revelation 22 17. What's it say? You got it, sir? years, and I learned a lot about communication by watching which basketball. And in game of basketball, there are timeouts. So <clears> something <throat> is going either well or not well for one team, and the coach or a player will call a timeout. And it pauses the game, and the players come around the coach. And what I learned from my dad was that the very most important message that you deliver to the students before the players, before they go back on that court, is the last thing you say. Because that's what they will remember. And what does he repeat at the very end of the book? Come, 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 come. There's an invitation. See, the book opens up with everything is perfect. And then man shows up, and in a matter of just a few verses, we read. So, perfection, brokenness. But even in the brokenness, there's a promise of fixing it coming later. Right. And when Jesus shows up, he fixes it. And that changes everything. And during that fixing process, he invites, he invites and he invites and he invites and he invites. And John, at the very end of the whole book, says, I invite you. I invite you. I invite you which is incredibly encouraging news. So the first piece of an element of the gospel call is explanation of the facts concerning salvation. The second is an invitation to respond to Christ personally in repentance and faith. And the third is a promise of forgiveness and eternal life. Forgiveness and eternal life. Can anybody quote John 3.16? we say it together? Yeah. For God is the the world, and gave His only Son, that you so ever will be him shall not perish, have everlasting life. Isn't that beautiful? It's the most beautiful verses in all Scripture, And it's an invitation. But it's a promise that there's life and forgiveness. So much theology. And I love that we, we put it on uh, poster board and bring it to football games and people see it and this is great but I want them to hear it too. Your friends should know ah, my believer friend, they're going to talk about Jesus and there's going to be an invitation. There's going to be an invitation. Right? And I don't say that as a rebuke, I say that as an encouragement because we get To participate. What did we talk about last week? Actually, two weeks ago, when we talked about common grace, that God invites us to participate in doing good in the world, even though He knows we will not do it as well as He does. Mind blowing concept. And He invites us to participate in the spreading of the gospel, even though He knows we will not do it as well as He does. Thank you, Lord. For including us. That's my
1: response. <clears throat> I mean, it's
0: amazing. So, there's a table there because I like tables. Many times in my teaching, I put a lot of tables that I don't put in the student handouts because really like tables. And no, it was not created in Excel. But it talks about the difference between the gospel call and the effective call. So, the gospel call is man's action. This is what we do, we offer this to everyone. It is external, and it is often rejected. But it is also the means for the effective calling. And the effective calling is just that. It is always effective. It is internal. This is what God does inside a man or a woman. It is very particular, and it is God's action. And it is his choice. It is his divine will and pleasure that we submit freely and openly and say that we have no right to question We just finished reading Job a couple of days ago, if you're reading through the Bible, uh, with us in the one-year plan. And and Job and his three friends sit around the campfire for 30-some-odd chapters, questioning and trying to come up with answers, questioning and trying to come up with answers, questioning and trying to come up with answers. And God shows up in chapter 38 or 39 and asks them a few questions. And it is shockingly embarrassing how few Job knows the answers to which is zero. Because it's not our place to question our God's motives or assumptions. It's our place to obey. Now, asking for clarification on truth of his word, absolutely fine. Fire away. But questioning his motives or his, that's not our place. So, what's the importance of the gospel call? The gospel call is our piece of this. So back to Romans 10, 14 from 10 to 14 mm-hmm. Is this the verse you told me last week? After Pastor Boyle? I want to say what. I've close. slept since then. What's that? that? I've slept since then. Yeah, and I've talked about it a lot since then. And I'm pretty sure it is. And Grudem used it about 46 times this week
1: in the text. It was only a five-page chapter, I thought. Precursor? Yeah, yeah it was pretty good. good. got my brain thinking in the right direction, so mm-hmm. it was good. So Romans 10,
0: 14. <clears throat> your best your best preacher
1: voice. How
0: then shall they call me in and lose their doctrine? And how shall they believe in him and lose their And how shall they hear without preacher? So what do we do? What do we do with all this? What do we do with the the effective calling, what do we do with the gospel calling? We spread the gospel. <clears throat> so we spread the
1: gospel. We have the greatest gift in the whole history of the universe. And we have no idea who will be able to understand
0: it. And if the story of the Bible teaches us anything, is it's that the folks that we don't think will get it really do. Because Jesus picked fishermen. Right? Paul was complicit in murder. So go find the murderer. If we like to look at people and go, oh, hmm, I, don't know the, mm, I don't know the Gospels for them. Gospels for everybody. Revelation twenty three seventeen. 17, come, 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 come. Here's your homework this week. Your homework is to share the gospel. Now, if that made us nervous, then the problem is not the gospel, the problem is us. Right? So let's share the gospel. And we're gonna start next week's class with testimonies of how we share the gospel. We might have four people here, but we will start next week. So I will ask you to pray for the man that I'm going to be sharing the gospel with this week. His name is Bill, and I work with him. And Bill and I have been talking for several months now about his relationship with Jesus. And about a week and a half ago, we had a conversation. He said, how can you be so focused, and he said this right, and I'll never forget this, on the exclusivity of Christ? Yes! (laughs) You've been listening. That's exactly right. It all goes through him. Every last bit of it. Every last bit of it goes through him. At lunch this week on Thursdays, a group of us meet on uh, in Maple Street to talk theology. Uh, and I am I am by far the youngest
1: and least educated and least experienced teacher in the group. It is a fun time, and we we were looking at Revelation four and five, where
0: Jesus, where the Lamb comes up and takes the book out
1: of God the Father's hands. And everyone around
0: is in complete and total turmoil because nobody's worthy to go and do this until Jesus shows up. Because he's the only one in the universe that is worthy to walk up into the Father's presence and take the book out of his hand. It all funnels through him. There is coming a day where every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, everything that has breath will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Don't be scared of truth. We have the greatest message of all time. Your homework is to spread the gospel. Sound good? Oh, come on. Does it sound good? Yes, Yes, we can do this. This is great, great stuff. So, the memory passage for next week is Matthew 11, 28, 29, and 30. And then the hymn, I'm going to read this very quickly. Uh, I heard the voice of Jesus say, Horatius uh, Bonner from 1846. I heard the voice of Jesus say, come unto me and rest. Lay down, thou weary one, lay down thy head upon my breast. I come to Jesus as I was, weary and worn and sad. I found him in a resting place, and he has made me glad. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Behold, I freely give. The living water, thirsty one, stoop down and drink and live. I come to Jesus and drank of that life-giving stream. My thirst was quenched, my soul revived, and now in him I live. I heard the voice of Jesus say, I am this dark world's light. Look unto me, thy morn shall rise, and all thy day be bright. I looked to Jesus and found in him my star, my sun, and in that light of life I'll walk till traveling days are done. Amen. So at your tables, in the center of the table, is the weekly update page. Two things I want to draw your attention to. One is the text in red. This coming week, we have three more days where we're taking care of Daniel and Shelby Gold with deals. We so we've got openings for that. So please go online and sign up. And then next Sunday morning, after the worship service, we're having lunch at the flats. The details of that lunch are on the back side of that page. Uh, and if you need that email, to you can get my wife. Get to those details, but that's what we're doing next Sunday. Thank for coming to Sunday school today. I'll pray as a table, and after you do, you are dismissed. We do not need to make the chairs up anymore. How's that? Good evening. Good evening. Good stuff. Thanks for coming today, guys.